All right, folks, welcome back to the podcast. Appreciate you stopping by. If you're watching or listening on YouTube right now, hit that subscribe button. It helps me out a lot, as you know. Appreciate that. Today, Jack O'Shea, welcome to the podcast. Appreciate you Mm -hmm. taking your time to do this, man. Thank you, man. I'm I'm happy to be on the podcast. Did I pronounce your name right, by the way? You didn't, but I wasn't going to correct you. O'Shea. O'Shea? O'Shea, yeah. Ah, okay. I am notoriously bad at pronouncing names. I'm so bad at it. <laughs> well, so so is your last name actually Will? It's Will Lomson. Exactly. So, but it's like if I had read if I had tried to pronounce your name, I'm sure I would have gotten yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. Off. That's true. Is it is your last name Irish or Scottish or it's uh Irish. Ah, uh, okay. Is your yeah, the, sorry, go ahead. It's one of those things where like the real spelling, like the Gaelic spelling of it, has a bunch of letters where you're like, that doesn't make any sense to make that sound. Ah, uh, yeah. Like, there's like a D in it for the Gaelic spelling. It makes no sense. Mm. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, Shea like Shea butter. That's the best Shea, way that I've Shea. heard it described. Okay, got it. All right, man. Well, um, yeah, I've been been looking forward to talk to you. Uh, I love your videos. I'm, I'm a fan of yours. Um, they're so original and so funny. Um, I think your type of content was the first like it I ever saw on TikTok. That's a good question. Yeah. Cause actually like I, for a second, I think I would say like the first type of content, like my content, I would have been like, well, as much as I would love that it, I make kind of just more traditional sketch comedy where it's like key and peel and Chappelle show. And mm. even like the Saturday night live digital shorts, like what I do is what people have done. Comedians have done forever. Mm. Uh, as far as for TikTok goes though, like honestly, maybe just because the, the TikTok format is usually with your iPhone direct to you. People basically like you can, you could make every one of the sketches that I make doing it that way, just making them a lot simpler, mm. um, which is how a lot of people do it on TikTok, And a lot of people will literally remake my sketches doing it like that. Uh, yeah, it, it honestly might be. And, and there, there's like an argument to be made too, where I've, I've often thought, I wonder if it kind of hurts my, videos performance because often when you like if you go to one of my videos like it kind of appears like an ad uh right like it seems like oh this is some company that's trying too hard at tiktok because mm. that's obviously what i'm doing it's just trying a little bit too hard yeah that's very interesting because you i'm assuming you're using a real camera not a, a phone mm-hmm. right yeah because the quality yeah. is, is super high and yeah. that was actually something I went back and forth with when when I did TikTok. I don't do TikTok as much anymore, but I did mm-hmm. like uh, like kind of com- comedy skits as well, but without as mm-hmm. much talking, kind of inspired by the old Logan Paul vines. Mm-hmm. And um, I started out with a phone as well, and then I moved into a real camera, and I feel like it kind of lost its charm in a way, for it me does. at least. There's something like... There's a certain like uh, I'm sure you could basically make like a equation for it where if you're going to use a nicer camera, so you're you're and and by nicer camera I really mean like um, which if you went down the rabbit hole it's like there's the it's really which lens you're using. So mm. it's like if you use a more cinematic lens, where in layman's terms it's whatever's in there, there's a, a certain subject and focus and everything behind them is blurry. Yeah. And the nicer the lens and lenses, the blurrier the stuff is behind them. Uh, if you go down that rabbit hole, you really need to go all the way because otherwise it just almost feels kind of like pretentious. Like there's a certain charm to things like videos, not like being imperfect mm. in a way. 
yeah. uh, that TikTok has. Like you get a little bit of credibility. That's why, like speaking of Vine, it's like the way that like Logan Paul and those guys used to do Vines was instead of wearing a wig and being like, I'm a girl, my, this character is a girl, they would put like a shoe on their head. Mm. Just like it's simple. Don't overthink it. And if you start with the video like that, people give you a lot of benefit of the doubt and then you can kind of do whatever. But if you, if, if they actually got like a nice wig, they'd also have to shave their beard and put on a dress and go the full, yeah. full Monty with it. I think the phone uh, thing and like, as you said, like putting a shoe on, on their head as, as like a wig, mm -hmm. it's, it also, the, it adds the element of, it feels like anybody can do it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it makes you right. That kind of, that's a really good point where it's like, this feels like a video my friend could have sent me. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. It's also really good for those platforms, I guess, too, because it's like if anybody can do it, then everybody will try it and you get more users and more money. Whatnot. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like Vine was probably the first platform that had that feeling. And then TikTok mm -hmm. obviously came along where everybody had accessibility to create, which was huge. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, I worked in digital media that was like right after i graduated college was when vine was big and so i worked for like a digital media talk show uh right out of college where i was just like a production assistant and then i was like the open mic or the stand-up that gets the live audience kind of going uh and at the time like all of our guests were logan paul's and i'm so bad with these the names but like we had both of the paul brothers on we had the uh The, who's the South American girl? Lele Pons. Yeah, yeah. All of those like big Vine stars and stuff coming on. And and yeah, you're right. Like it, that was the first. Obviously, Vine was like the precursor to TikTok. Mm. And TikTok kind of like figured out a way to monetize it and took it to the moon. Yeah. yeah. Do you do you remember why Vine was uh, removed or like I don't remember. They they just were uh, uh, not run properly from like a business business perspective they did the first thing they really invented tiktok where it's like so they had the their their platform was really great um by the way is this side of my face so overexposed it's distracting one side is a little bit overexposed but i think let me let me lower the, the sure right here. sure now i'm a little bit darker but whatever i think um, yeah <laughs> that's fine so Uh, and again, tell me to shut up because I, I can talk about this stuff forever. So Vine, uh, they had the concept. Everybody was using it. It was great. But the biggest challenge for all these social media companies, challenge number one is can we get people to use it and mm. download it and use it every day? And it's just a part of their lives like Instagram or Twitter or anything like that. But then the second problem, which is by far the most important, it's where all these platforms go like end up dying is – How do we actually monetize this? Uh, yeah. And they couldn't figure out how to monetize it. Uh, and to make it worse, they also, before they monetized it, spent all of their money to just promote it and to grow it. They did the thing where they uh, they took Logan Paul and Lele Pons and all the big Viners, and they literally moved them, paid to move them to LA, and then they paid to have them all live in the same apartment complex, which if it had worked would have been like, this is a genius idea, but it didn't. And it was like, well, you guys just spent $20 million giving all these people high, like luxury apartments and 
didn't actually make any money in the meantime. Now you're out of cash and the whole thing just goes kaput. Mm. So that that was the downfall of it. It wasn't anything besides you guys can't run this properly. And then within a couple of years, that's when the uh, where we re- like we really started seeing like because at the same time Instagram wasn't able to monetize either. Now there was Snapchat. Now there was any of these companies, and they just figured out okay if we put ads in the middle in between videos when people are scrolling, that'll cover it at least mm. for a little bit. Yeah. And so they did that. And now, as you can see with like, they're still all trying to figure out like, how do we actually make real money? Cause Instagram's not making like real money yet. Mm. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. I didn't know Vine paid for all these Viners to live in. Cause I remember that whole, uh, um, hotel kind of thing mm. where they all lived the same place yeah, I didn't there's, know a street were... in, there's a street in la like a few miles from us uh that's vine street yeah and so they lived in the the, the building that is literally called 1600 vine so that's why they got that building but it's a really nice building it's like downtown hollywood uh which is kind of like a kitschy touristy area but it's a we almost moved there when we were looking for like a new place yeah and it is like this is really really nice this isn't just a random LA. They could have just gotten a shitty LA apartment mm-hmm. complex, and the Logan Paul would have been like, "Great, and yeah, they didn't sure." Have to be like pulling out all the stops, yeah. Wow, what a crazy opportunity for them. That's insane. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, how did you get started with all this making videos? Um. So I always. Uh, there was like a certain point in high school where I was like, I don't know what I want to do in life. Uh, I had like just gotten hurt. Like I just like broken my femur. And I so I was always like, I play sports. I'm like, I'm like an athlete. Uh, and uh, what I love when I tell this story though, is it always makes it sound like I was like freaking Ronaldo or, or Michael Vick or something. And it's like cut down on my prime. It's like, no, I was just like a regular high school mm. kid who was really into sports. And, uh, but I kept on getting hurt. Like it tore both my shoulders. It tore, like broke my femur, all that stuff. And I, I kind of got to the point where I was like, I don't really know what I want to do in life. And then I was like, I love movies and I love TV. I'm going to go into that. And so I went to like a summer college school when I was like 16 or 17. And I kind of like, I learned how to shoot videos, like the traditional way with film, like actual film, not digital uh, and I learned the ins and outs and all the, you know, kind of basics film 101. And I remember midway through that summer talking to my dad on the phone and he was like, you know, it's really hard to be funny. Most people can't be, but you are go with that. And so uh. that's really the reason why I was like, Oh, I'm going to, I'll try to do comedy stuff. And then like a year later, my brother and I made a video that, our first video where I was a dad and he was my son and he was gay. And I was really, really into the fact that he was gay. Like I was overly excited about him being gay and, you know, just sort of the like, do you ever watch like modern family? No. But so there's a character Phil where he's like, he's the cool dad. And it's like, what if the cool dad's son is gay? Like, how does he, how does he embarrass his son by being too into his life? Mm. Uh, and that video actually did like for the time really well. Uh, and so then I was like, okay, cool. We got something. It's funny how it's, if you, if you get like a little bit of success in yeah. something the first try, you're like, this is it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was obviously that wasn't it. So 
uh, went to college, um, moved to LA because I was like, I want to be in entertainment. And then I basically spent like five years working in production and on the creative side for like a lot of uh, production companies, mostly digital media companies, while every day after work and all weekends working on my own stuff, just kind of getting better at shooting like comedy videos. Mm. And then basically right as the pandemic hit is when our videos started kind of blowing up. Um, and it, it's one of those things too, where it's like, people always say, uh, you know, I'm happy I wasn't really successful at the beginning because it taught me this, this, and this. Mm. And so I'll still, I'll say that too, but it's also, that's such bullshit. It's like, if I had been where I am right now, three months into starting it, I think I would have been pretty thrilled with that too. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I, you know, I, I've made hundreds of sketch comedy videos, most of which nobody's seen. Uh, so it, it takes a lot of practice and a, and a lot of like kind of learning how to, takes a lot I'm just realizing now too, as I struggle to come up with more ideas for for sketch comedy videos, I should probably just look back at my old ideas because mm. nobody watched those anyway. Uh, reinvent them. Yeah, I probably yeah. should just remake them. I'm that's, I'm gonna write that down. I might do that today. Be like, let's look. What did nobody see? Yeah, that was a good idea, and just do it. Yeah, that's yeah. that's smart. Reuse content mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, speaking, uh, what what you said about um, blowing up too fast. Do you not think that for the most part, people who blow up immediately overnight, kind of, there's always something about those people. They don't really know how to handle fame and money. Yeah. And the oh, it doesn't work. No, it, it, that's a really good point. Like it is so rare. Well, it's even people who don't blow up overnight. It's really hard, no matter what. Like I always have something, and it's not to say that I'm like Matt Damon, because it's like it's not even like like I'll get recognized and I I make money and make a living doing this, but it's not like I'm, I'm like made it. Mm. Uh, it social media, like when you're making content for social media, there's always this looming thought in your head of like, if I stop, it's over mm. because the way all these algorithms work is especially YouTube, which is where you make most of the money, but also Instagram to an extent and also TikTok to an extent. If I don't post for six months, the next time I do post, it's not going to be immediately put mm. in front of all of the followers that I've accumulated. Yeah. Uh, it'll take a while or it'll take like a really big video to get that kind of like heat back onto your account and stuff. Yeah. So you have to constantly be, you know, making new content. You have to constantly maintain it. And I think actually an even more important part of it is the people who succeed in this business are the people who love make actually love making the content and that's why they're doing it because mm. i love making sketch comedy videos if i if nobody ever watched them if i didn't make any money doing it i would still be doing it today just because i love doing it but for other people when they on a whim one random night make a video like like i make and it does really well they're more into it doing really well and people talking about it than the actual making of the video. Like mm -hmm. they're, they're, they put too much into the comments. They, and it just, it, it ends with them running out of ideas or not treating it the way they should be treating it. And they end up being like the damn Daniel kid who had the 15 minutes of fame. Yeah. So, yeah. I think it, it is rare for people to succeed if they're not passionate about it. Um, mm -hmm. 
because I think if you're really passionate about it, you also, you have this eagerness to be better constantly. And I think mm -hmm. that's what creates success, especially on social media. No, that's exactly it. Yeah. It, whatever you make, if you're your own harshest critic, yeah. Like if you, if you make something and then you watch it and you're like, okay, this is good enough to post, but I got to remember next time that the lights are too bright yeah. or, you know, the, the microphone's too close or just constantly tinkering and, and getting better. Yeah. That's how you succeed. If I, there's basically like a six month window for me where anything more than six months ago that I watch, I like of that I made, I like can't watch because mm. like, I can't believe I didn't even know that I was, supposed yeah. to, I should have done this for these videos. And then I, which is a, a tricky thing. Cause I know that six months from now, whatever I make today, I'm going to look back and be like, that was awful. Mm. Why would I ever, why would I ever even release that? What, a, what an idiot I was. Yeah. So yeah. There's uh my uh my cousin's husband. He's a massage uh therapist, sports mm -hmm. massage therapist, and I've told him make some content on social media because he knows a lot of stuff about the human anatomy, and it, I think mm -hmm. it would be do so much for his business. Um, oh, yeah. But he's afraid to start because he feels like his videos won't be good enough, and I keep mm -hmm. telling people they never will be good enough in the beginning ever. No matter how yeah. long you wait, you have to start at some point. And as you said, in six months, you might, you feel like you might have made the best video right now, but in six months, no matter what, you will have gone better and you will look back at that video and it's, you'll, you'll feel like it's shit. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely right. That's one, that's one of the, the real benefits of TikTok actually too. When we were first starting out, you know, cause he's afraid it, his content won't be good enough. Mm. And if you post it on Instagram, I get that because all of the people he knows follow him and if it's humiliating, like if he's embarrassed by it, I totally get that fear. Because I, I had it that when my brother and I first started, we would make videos, and the only place we really knew to post them was Instagram. So we created a new account, didn't tell anyone about it because we were afraid that if we posted it and it wasn't good, our friends and family and people we know would be laughing at us. And it's like it, it, there's a real hesitancy to it. And then I have another younger brother. I, I have three brothers. Our next brother, who watched us succeed to some extent, because of that, he has no fear. He'll just throw mm. something on Instagram where I'm like, dude, this is not ready. Yeah. So, but he does. And it's like, because he, which it means he'll be successful because that's the biggest challenge. With TikTok, though, for your cousin's husband, nobody will see it or everyone will see mm. it. Like, you, you, there's just so much less fear for people who are trying this stuff, stuff out now because you can make a TikTok video and post it. And there's a good chance that unless it blows up, none of your friends and family are going to see it. Even if they follow you on TikTok, the way their whole machine works is it's going out to, it's going out to the world. Mm. If a hundred thousand, if you picked a hundred thousand people out of random in the world, odds are you don't know any of them. Yeah. So odds are nobody, you know, is going to actually see it. That's so true. It, it's yeah. a lot. The water's a lot warmer getting in for, for new people. I remember when I was um, probably 11 or 12 years old, um, I made Pokemon card unboxing videos on YouTube yeah. and my friends at school found out and I was so embarrassed. I deleted mm -hmm. all the videos. It was the worst day of my life. And it's kind of crazy because I had spent so much time like looking back at it now, making those videos. And just that one moment, people at school found out I deleted all that hard work. Yeah just gone. I completely I mean, regret it today. I think there's 
a every single person who's like who does this stuff every single person has a story like that yeah whereas because you really want to do it but you're it's also something too of like and it, it's something that the new the kids in school now and like upcoming generations they won't really have as month have as much but uh much of because they grew up in this world where like it, being a youtuber is a career so it's not embarrassing to say i want to make yeah videos yeah. or anything like that whereas growing up for me like saying i want to make comedy videos it's like an embarrassing thing to yeah. say because it's like oh you think you're funny like whereas now it, it's just it's so much more attainable uh it's so much less of a pipe dream. Mm. Uh, everybody knows somebody who has, you know, a hundred thousand followers on some platform and they're a normal person. So it's not crazy for you to also say that you want to try to do that. Yeah. Just, it's great. It's also like, you know, we'll see how it goes because if everybody's trying to do it, then we might end up with some really shitty content. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, yeah. it's like, I feel like we're at that point almost like, so mm -hmm. many people are doing it and the mm -hmm. actually i don't know if this standard has gotten lower do you do you feel like that it has but not in the not in a way that's bad in a way like it's it's gotten lower it's gotten lower in that like what qualifies i don't know it's like you you could say that like even videos being vertical now is like lower quality just because there's a reason why traditionally you shoot things you know horizontally like, horizontally yeah uh because you can see like it's you can see more of the action if it's horizontal mm. uh whereas if it's vertically you really can only focus on one person unless you're really far back mm. and then if you're really far back then that person that you the multiple people that you're focusing on or the person in the subject that you're focusing on are going to be fewer pixels so no matter what vertically just it's why like whenever steven spielberg or martin scorsese or wes anderson or something they make a new movie it the the screen for movies keeps on getting wider and wider and, and wider it ends up looking like a panorama because it's better quality video mm. so even just the the new trend of the tmz video that you see is no longer horizontal it's now vertical I mean, that's lower quality, but lower quality in the way that it's like kind of progressing also makes things more authentic, like it, yeah. which is a benefit of itself. I mean, like, do you watch any like sitcoms or anything? No, not really. No. But like, so, but you know that like in like the nineties and early two thousands and even 2010s to an extent, uh, like old sitcoms had the laugh track. Yeah. Which now, if you watch it, it's incredibly disorienting because you're like, well, so this is all like it makes the whole thing feel really fake. Yeah. And you can't be as invested in it. But at the time, nobody ever felt that way. Uh, now, if a, if a comedy show has a laugh track, I turn it off immediately. Mm. It's like, ah, it's one of those fucking shows. Yeah. In the past, it was like, no, this is great. And so the quality is going getting up, like things getting more raw and more real is better you just also have to pay for it with, it doesn't look as good. It's not as pretty. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it, I guess it's up to everybody, individual person's opinion. It's a subjective thought. It's a very, very interesting conversation. I remember watching an interview with Mr. Beast, 
who explained why he did not want to upgrade to 4K, I believe, on his videos. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly because it's it's going to feel more authentic in a way to, yeah. to not do that, to have the lower quality in a way. And yet he's the biggest YouTuber in the world. I, I do the same thing because we shoot our stuff in 4K and I always upload it 1080p mm. uh, just because, I mean, partially because it ends up being closer to 1080p so I can zoom in and zoom out and perfectly frame the shots and whatnot. And that's the benefit of shooting in 4K is you can, in the, while you're editing it, frame the shots correctly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I totally agree with him. Like it, it's like if you're on TikTok and you're swiping, the really high res video that pops up, usually it's a Sprite ad. Mm. And so you, your mind is just like, you eventually learn like, forget it, just keep going. There's, it's also the same thing with the, the, the shoe on the head instead of the wig. Like if something's 4K, all the other bells and whistles should be 4K level quality. Yeah. You kind of lose a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. It's super interesting. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about um, controversy and cancel culture because uh, mm -hmm. I not I don't think your content is necessarily very controversial, but I know like today's mm -hmm. age, some people mm -hmm. will probably get offended by some of the mm -hmm. content you create. Do you ever think about that at all? I mean, yeah, because it, it's kind of especially with like comedy, and it, and it, it's obviously it's it's over talked about by like every stand comedian about like, you know, cancel culture. Like that's like the number one subject. And and it's it's an important subject, but it's also like, it's it's stale if everybody's talking and joking about it. But like, for sure, I mean, the, the first video that my brother and I made that I told you about, I don't know if we would have made that mm. today. Um, we certainly would have made it like two years ago, three years ago, we would not have made it. Today, maybe just because now I'm more confident um, with like, making making things not that aren't offensive or if this is offensive it's an it's offensive to the people that are looking to be offended like there's a kind of that line now you kind of i i'm i've become more comfortable with uh there's no way anything i make won't be offensive to somebody mm. because five percent of the people who watch videos right now are watching it to tell you that it's offensive yeah uh, and are look they're they're scanning it like they're the internet police mm -hmm. um, because you kind of get a rush if if you're like this is wrong like when you comment like you should be ashamed yeah. apologize something <laughs> like that like it gives them some dopamine or serotonin to the fucking brain and so there's nothing you can do about that and there's also something too with like everybody it, there's a, a real human urge to join a mob mm, yeah. And my God, is that evident on the internet yes. where all of a sudden like, to, none of these people know each other. None of these people know the person that they're talking about. None of the people actually watch the video that they're upset mm -hmm. with. But you get why 300 years ago, people were pulling out their pitchforks and being like, let's go do this. Yeah. Because clearly it's a really good feeling to some extent. And so, yeah, I, as far as like controversy stuff, my fiance who's in like all my videos mm -hmm. uh and we make them all together she writes half of them uh she's uh younger than me and really grew up on the internet more than i did uh and she's she's on like i never use tiktok i never really use any social media platform like myself just mm -hmm. because 
it fucks with my head. And yeah. also the last thing I ever want to do is see a comedy sketch made by somebody else because then I feel like I can't use that idea. Uh, yeah. And and I don't want to accidentally rip somebody off uh, or I don't want to, I don't, if I rip somebody off, I want it to be completely accident because I never saw mm-hmm. it. Uh, so, so I don't even watch. I don't want to, I don't want to know what I can't make. Um, but she's really good at being like, we can't make that joke. Um, like we made a video recently called uh, TikTok told me I have ADHD. Yeah, where, I've seen that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like the the whole thing is just everybody's watching TikTok videos and then they're like, somebody makes a video being like, so I have ADHD and here's how I found out. And the symptoms are always like, I like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah. Some bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And everybody's like, oh my God, I have ADHD too. And, but it's not even just ADHD. It's ADHD. It's OCD. The big one that I, I wanted to make, like put in, and this was going to be the punchline for the video was autism because all of a sudden everybody is like, I'm autistic. But Michaela, Michaela was right in that she was like, you can't say that because that's where you're going to get people interesting, really upset, yeah. and which was a bummer because I had a really good joke at the end where, because to me, it's really funny how, you know, there's the ADHD, there's the OCD symptoms that people, you know, on the internet, well, they'll say they'll have, and then everybody thinks they have those symptoms mm-hmm. for autism it's offensive. People literally be like, I'm autistic because I'm random. Like they'll be like, I just like, I'll eat breakfast food at night. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't make you autistic. <laughs> like there, the autism is real. A lot of people have autism just because you're searching for your identity. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you should say you're autistic. Uh, like that, that's actually offensive. So yeah. I want to make fun of that, but it's a really fine line that you have to really just fly right through. Uh, otherwise you're either a jerk or people get really, really upset. I'm also, I'm also, because I'm never really on the social media, I don't, I'm not really, I don't care when people are that upset with me. Um, but it's probably good not to, not to end up on some blog because Mm. it's probably, probably better to avoid being doxxed or swatted or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I feel like as long as you haven't actually done anything wrong, I mean, all the hate comments is kind of a win-win. It's more engagements, more views, yep, more shares. Point, yeah. yeah. What do you What do you think about um, someone like Andrew Schultz who just does not give a fuck, who says exactly like anything and everything goes? So wait, is Andrew Schultz? I always get him and Andrew Santino confused. Is he the redhead or is he the? It's in, in, I think he has brown hair, right? He has brown hair, yeah. So I, I because I don't really watch too uh, much okay. Instagram or TikTok or anything like that, just to avoid accidentally mm. stealing from somebody. Uh, I don't know. I've seen him in stuff, and I've seen some of his stand-up, and he's hilarious. He's very uh, funny. But, I mean, and the way, what you're describing of just, like, not really giving a fuck, like, I, every day I'm becoming more and more like that. Mm. Uh I still have some sort of limits to what I'll do and what I'll say, but every day that limit is being stressed mm. further and further. Cause it's like, it's like you said, it's like, if, if I'm not meaning to offend anybody, 
if I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, that's usually very apparent to the viewer. Mm. So the person who's saying you hurt my feelings or more likely you're hurting these other people's feelings that I'm not even a part of. I love when people do that. Mm. I love what, I love when people are like, I'm going to speak for these people. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what are you fucking talking about? Yeah. Like, because always those people that you don't know think it's hilarious. Yeah. Why are you offended? That's for true. That? Uh, you I, you just get more comfortable being like if i'm enough i don't care about offending the people who are looking to be offended there's nothing that's unavoidable mm-hmm. if i am too concerned with that i'll never i'm gonna lose my business because it's just a part of of being in this business i think it's awesome that you are getting giving less of a fuck as you go along because i feel like for mo- the most part as people grow their social media platforms it's the opposite because they start, oh my God, I built this thing. I'm so worried that mm-hmm. it's going to go away now. There's, yeah, because I think usually that happens. I know exactly what you're talking about, where people will make content, they'll be really edgy, really edgy, really edgy, really edgy. Then they'll get that first, this person's a monster, doxxed, threatened, all that thing, and they really calm it down. Mm. Um, and then the question is, do they ever get back up? Cause people follow for that itchy thing. So if they stop doing it there, it doesn't make sense yeah. why they grow further. It's exactly. If, if you are, if you made it being controversial, you're not going to make it being non-controversial. No, yeah. You'll have to change your name and start anew because all the people following you are like, no, no, I like your raunchy shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, stop with this, like youtube kids shit but it's like it's yeah it's it's a weird it's a weird process kind of getting comfortable with it that i i definitely have had moments where i mean i remember the first video we made where my brother was gay and i was his dad i remember uh there were comments like but at the time like three comments that were like this is offensive Mm. and i remember feeling like my world was just Mm. rocked it's over. My life is over. And one of my buddies was like, don't apologize. There's nothing to apologize for. And I'll have to remember that. I like keep that in my head all the time. Uh, so Forrest Ackerman. Yeah. Thank you. He's the one who told me that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've seen YouTubers that I feel like were canceled for absolutely nothing who say mm-hmm. sorry, even though they don't feel like it. And that's when the whole, yeah, exactly. That's when the, everything runs loose and you can't take that back. And then Mm -hmm. you have to say sorry every time you make a a mistake, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, I've told people before too, uh, the trick to not being canceled is to not, to just not be canceled. Like that you you decide if you're, if you're canceled, Mm -hmm. not the internet. Yeah. The internet mob might be ch- chanting for you to apologize or to like fucking, they'll say like, kill yourself, like mm-hmm. just terrible shit. They're terrible people. Any mob is terrible uh, for the most part. Um, it, it's you who, dis- who, if you apologize, if you stop making content, then you're canceled. Yeah. But if you don't apologize and you don't stop, it goes away because once they realize, once the hyenas realize, hey, the, this, thing isn't like backing up and giving up then they run away and try to find the next thing 
the the internet has like the people the mob has no real power it just feels like that it's just mm-hmm. really scary so if you never apologize never stop you're good to go mm-hmm. the yeah. craziest shit is when people try to pull up something from like 10 years ago as if you're the same person that you were 10 years ago yeah oh my god that, that's that's my favorite and it's it's always motivated too like it's always like some somewhat like politically motivated or or anything like that. Mm, yeah. It usually is like somebody's upset with some creator or some politician or some celebrity for something. So they're like, I'm gonna spend the next 48 hours just diving through everything they've ever done or ever said. Yeah. And so it, it always comes back and it's like, who gives a shit what I said five years ago, a year ago? We're different people. Mm-hmm. Also, who gives a shit? Yeah. Just in general. Yeah. Do you feel like the world is going to get more soft or are we at a turning point where we're probably going back to where offensive comedy is a bit more acceptable? I think we're definitely at a turning point. I can just as somebody who who makes stuff, I can I have a pretty good finger on the the pulse of everything and it does feel like people are Do you ever watch South Park? Yeah, favorite show. Okay, so you know South Park, uh, there's an episode that actually I think was like, might have been seven years ago. Uh, they made an episode. Oh, you know what? It was, you know, PC Principal? Yeah, yeah. The first episode with him, there's like a shot of the farmers and they're like, uh-oh, looks like things are getting all PC again. Mm-hmm. Like, how long did it last last time? And I forget the amount of years they said, but I bet you... If, I forget if they said it. last time it lasted about seven years. I bet you it's been that long because mm. it does feel like people are kind of over it. Like yeah. you get over it when uh, people get over it individually when they finally see something, when it's gone far enough that they see something is like, wait, this isn't, I actually don't think this is offensive. People think this is offensive. Okay. Maybe the things that they think are offensive aren't actually offensive. And it just the whole mm tower just topples and we get start back at the beginning and that's yeah i think we're kind of at that point i think within the next couple months we'll, we'll next couple of months i feel like we're, we're at that turning point right okay. now i just everything i see on the internet people are a lot more like shut the fuck up mm. who cares? which is great yeah i yeah i love it that. yeah fun feeling sad why are you why are you making yourself feel sad about things i, re- I remember it's like uh like probably seven or eight years old, I watched a lot of very offensive Danish comedians. And I remember like as I grew up and this was like a at a very young age, I remember just noticing how comedy and the world changed and how people were so easily offended. And it really mm-hmm. shocked me. And I, I remember this so clearly. I was so young, but I, I just noticed that. And it was so strange. Yeah, it's... I mean, that's why they say like any comedy movie in the 2000s that you watch, there's like five jokes in there where now, even if you're not like offended by them, now you notice it. You're like, wait a minute, they, they said that? Mm. Uh, I, I mean, I totally agree. It's like it it does feel like the world has gotten softer, softer, softer. But I think if you if it's just it's a it's a cycle, like it, it feels like that and then it snaps back mm. and and then. At that point, everybody's like, the world's getting softer, 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 softer. It's just a cycle that I think is probably just human nature and, and the way our culture works. Have you wanted to dive into stand-up comedy? I have. So I love stand-up comedy. I've done stand-up. 
my uh the biggest challenge for me is i'm like a i'm a terrible sleeper it's really hard for me to fall asleep i don't know if i'm like an, an insomniac but i think i think i'm an insomniac i think that's how you describe it um and so i i've done a lot of open mics uh or i did a lot of open mics for a period of time but then i just realized i was like i'm going to bed at 4 a.m because I get home at two and I can't fall asleep for two hours. Mm. So then I'm either waking up at noon, which I don't love because I like, I like when the sun's out, I like, I'm not a huge like night person in that way. Uh, and I just kind of realized like as much as I love doing this, like I'm not actually happy mm. when I'm not doing it, like just on a regular day. So I was like, this sucks, but I, I can't really do it. I have though, uh, I've done a lot of stand up in the sense of like, because of the following I have, uh, be just being invited to do it. And that's great because then I'm not doing the open mic. So it's kind of a cheat code. I've like yeah. kind of skipped a step. And so I feel really guilty about that, but I'd love to do, I'd love to do stamp comedy at 6 PM. Mm. We can get that <laughs> going and fucking in. Yeah. Uh, one of my brothers though, one of my younger brothers does stand up a lot and he, he's pretty good. He doesn't have my sleep issues. That's, it feels like all your brothers are artists in some way. Isn't one of your brothers also on uh, a kid's show? Or... No, he, uh, oh yes, yeah. No, my uh, my brother Henry, he produced a, a kid's show. Um, I I think it's like, instead of taking credit for it, I think it's sort of my fault in a way. I uh, Your fault? <laughs> that, all my, that all my brothers are going into that thing because it's like, I don't know. It's, it's a really risky business and it's hard. And, but mm. I've, I'm from a very funny family, so it, it sort of works. I'm the oldest of them. And, and I, me trying to do this really validated everyone else kind of trying to do it. Uh, my, so my next youngest brother is a producer for network television. Uh, and then my, that's Henry. And then my brother, William, who's the next one is the one who does stand up comedy. Uh, and he's about to graduate from Syracuse uh, and do something with comedy. He's not totally sure what, but he, he's really funny. Uh, and then my fourth brother, CJ, uh, is also in New York, but he goes to fashion school. So oh, he wow. wants to do, do something in fashion. So yeah, if if you met my family 10 years ago, yeah. you'd be very shocked if it was like all of them are going to the arts. Yeah. But yeah, it <laughs> is funny. That's cool. So what's next for you? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Uh you know, I, th I think we're going to start doing a podcast. I kind of built this podcast studio. Um, you know, we're at that sort of point where we really got a foothold in sketch comedy and what, what we're currently doing. And now it's figuring out, okay, we've done this, we can do this and we'll keep doing this, but how do we expand? Mm. And uh, man, if you have any ideas, let us know. Cause there's, yeah, there's a lot of options, but all of them have the pros and cons. Yeah, absolutely. So. We can totally talk at some point. I'd be happy to, yeah. to discuss that. Do you find yeah. though, um, because you you did um, you did do a podcast with your brother, the the Pool Boy podcast was it called? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Pool Boy podcast. Do Do you find that because of the content you've done on TikTok and and on YouTube with the sketch comedy, that mm -hmm. which is more scripted, that people have a hard time uh, following? both no not necessarily i mean they really do feed i i think it i think yes and no i think that people who watch our scripted content and really like our scripted content it really helps 
they like watching the podcast or listening to the podcast because it's kind of fun. It's like, you know us as this, and now you actually hear what we're really like mm. and stuff. I think people who, whereas I think people who start with the podcast and the unscripted stuff, it's less likely that they'll be like, I got to watch this actual mm. sketch uh, just because it's hard to go from real to not real, but it's, it's easy to go from not real to real, if that makes any sense. Yeah, okay. Um, that's why I like if you like, there's a lot of people who's, uh, a lot of comedians whose podcasts I'll listen to, but then I don't like their stand-up as much in a weird way. Mm. It just, it, it, when you listen to their podcast all the time, their stand-up feels less authentic. And yeah, it feels, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so I don't know if that answers, answers your yeah, question. Yeah, it, it does make sense. It's just for me personally, um, it was very hard to get my followers from TikTok over to this podcast when I stopped doing mm -hmm. TikTok and still I have a hard time doing mm -hmm. that. Um, granted, I don't have as many, a, a big a, as big a following as you do, of course. Mm -hmm. um, but um, yeah, that was something I really struggled with when I started this podcast. Um, people didn't seem to because my stuff was obviously scripted as well on TikTok. Well, so it's really hard to get people off of an app. Uh, and this is like an actual thing, just as somebody who's worked in digital media, this is an actual problem um, that companies, but also just like advertisers are, are always trying to deal with, which is if you're on Instagram, it's really hard to say, go to Spotify because mm. they're currently on Instagram. Um, and not only that, but Instagram doesn't want people to leave Instagram. Yeah. So if you say in your video, go to Spotify, they're going to show your video to fewer people yeah. because they don't want more people leaving Instagram. Um, and TikTok's even worse because it's so such a slot machine. If I'm watching a video, I might think, oh, wow, I do want to watch that YouTube video, but without even thinking, my instinct is to go up. And then you completely forget the video you just yeah, watched. Yeah. So it's really, really hard to, it's really hard to move people from TikTok to anywhere. Yeah. Um, YouTube and Facebook are the two, that's why for money, like for, for making revenue on these platforms, YouTube and, and uh, Facebook are by far, you make by far the most money per view. Uh, like it's not even close. Mm. Um, and that's because people watching YouTube just for whatever reason, because it's not a scrolling thing, it's really easy to click an advertiser's link or another platform or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's really, yeah, I, I move growing all of your platforms at the same time. Really, really hard. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, uh, it's the same with brands. Um, when they try to make organic content that's advertising their product, the algorithm would does not want to push that out. No, they want those brands to pay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're, they're like, we're not going to, we're not going to give you, let people look and see your advertisement. Yeah. Give us a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars and then they'll see your advertisement. We know you have money in your business. Yeah. yeah. Jack, thank you so much for coming on. Let everybody know where they can find your stuff. Jack, the pool boy every uh platform i think yes at jack the pool boy for everything awesome great to be great being on great meeting you it was really fun man yeah thank you so much yeah. and awesome. right, well. to the listeners thank you so much for tuning in appreciate it hit that subscribe button if you have not already on youtube 
Thank you. Take it easy. Peace.